Would you take your Bible, turn to Matthew chapter 14. I'm going to give one more chapter of the crossing over passage that we started Sunday. I won't finish it, but I've got a little something I want to look at with you. Verse 35, And the same day when even was come, he saith unto them, Let, let us pass over unto the other side. And when they had sent away the multitude, they took him even as he was in the ship. And there were also with him other little ships. What I want to look at begins in verse 37. There arose a great storm of wind, and the waves beat into the ship so that it was now full. He was in the hinder part of the ship, asleep on a pillow. They awake him and say unto him, Master, carest thou not that we perish? And he arose and rebuked the wind and said unto the sea, Peace, be still. And the wind ceased and there was a great calm. And he said unto them, Why are you so fearful? How is it that ye have no faith? And they feared exceedingly and said one to another, What manner of man is this that even the wind and the sea obey him? Uh, Brother John, since you're late, we, we decided the last one in gets to pray. Would you, you remember these prayer requests as you pray, please? Dear Heavenly Father, as we come before you tonight, we just want to thank you, first of all, Lord, for being an awesome God and for loving us, for sending your Son to die on the cross for our sins, Lord. Lord, we, we thank you for your blessings. We thank you for your care for us. Lord, thank you for Brother Bujack and his family coming down. We ask prayer for their protection and for a good trip down here uh, starting tomorrow as they make preparations to move. And Just pray that you'll work all those things out to your honor and glory. Lord, remember uh, the prayer request tonight that were made, those that are not feeling well, Miss Erna, Miss Erlene, and uh, Lord, I pray for uh, uh, Bob and Maysine and and their health, and uh, many others, Lord, as Judy. Lord, uh, I pray that uh, you'll uh, work in their lives, help them to heal Brother Alan yeah. uh, Webster, Lord, and many others that are going through health difficulties right now. It's uh, just a, a time when many people are out sick and not feeling well, and my wife as well. But we pray for their health. We pray for the, the service tonight. We pray that you'll work in our hearts and give Brother weighing the words you would want us to hear tonight and a message from you. But we ask for your perfect will. You'll uh, uh, give us a, a, a refreshed spirit tonight uh, with what you would have us to hear. We ask these things in Jesus' special, uh, precious name. Amen. Amen. Uh, primarily looking at verse 36 and 37, the wind and the waves. There rose a great storm and of wind, and the waves beat into the ship, 
so that it was now full. And uh, the two aspects of the storm. I know I've said this, and other people, you've heard other preachers say this, but it's true. Every one of us, every saved person here, is either coming out of a storm, in a storm, or going into a storm. If you've come out of the storm, you breathe a big sigh of relief and say, glad that is over. But get ready because the next one's on the way. And uh, you say, why is that? Well, Ephesians chapter number 2 kind of gives us a hint. And 2, he says in verse 1, And you hath he quickened who were dead in trespasses and in sins. Wherein, in times past, you walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience. I'm going to talk about the wind over here, but he's saying there's the king of the wind, the prince of the power of the air and he 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 indicates that he's the ruler of the lost world that we're in you read that those first three verses of chapter 2 deal with us in our lost condition verse 4 says but God and that's the changing point for every one of us when God stepped up and gave us a vision of the Lord Jesus Christ. And he's going to talk about that for the rest of the, down through verse 7 at least. You, can, you could go all the way down to verse 10. He says, for we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus unto good works. The, the end result, but God stepped up to people that were under the authority of the prince of the power of the air. And the, and, uh, the ruler who now works in the children of disobedience. Over in chapter 6, verse 12, he's talking to, verse 11 and 12, he's talking to us, as children of God. Not just children of God. I just had a session with uh, one of those young guys that's teaching that other class about the development that every one of us, I think sometimes we, we you know, we, we emphasize one aspect of God to the neglect of the other aspect of God. Over in John chapter 6, Jesus said that no man can come unto me unless the Father which has sent me draw him. 
The Father does not draw, but the Holy Spirit does the drawing. And he, I, I, we could spend a lot of time going through the work of the Holy Spirit. Several places that you've read says, Let this mind be in you which was in Jesus, in Christ Jesus. Paul told the Corinthian church, You have the mind of Christ. He said, and he said that in chapter 2 concerning people who had no idea of what God is doing. Can you understand it? Washington doesn't know. The medical world doesn't know. The scientific world doesn't know. The political world doesn't know. The Hollywood world certainly doesn't know what God is doing in this day that we live in. The only people that have any idea of what God is doing is people that have been indwelt by the Holy Spirit. And one of the works of the Holy Spirit is, what the first work of the Holy Spirit is, he said it in John 6, you can't come unless God draws you. So we've got this theology running around everywhere that says just just invite Jesus into your heart and you're saved. No, you're not saved. There has to be the wooing and drawing of the Holy Spirit. You have to have a conviction of your sinful condition. You have to come to the mind of God about your sin. Then there's got to be a repentance from that once you have a knowledge, doesn't it say it? Romans chapter 10, verse 17. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. But who can understand the, the Word of God? People with the mind of Christ. People with an indwelling Holy Spirit. People with a drawing, wooing, convicting Holy Spirit. That's who understands it. And he says that to the Corinthian church. So, so we've got this good old boy aspect that is predominant among the Baptist world that says Jesus is a good old boy. You just invite him into your heart and go on back to the honky-tonk Go back out there in the world. Go do anything you want to do. And He's your Savior. That's not Bible. He's a Holy Savior. And the Holy Spirit that indwells you when you're saved is going to move you from the world toward Him. If you don't have that, you ought to be checking up on your salvation point. Because if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. And the old things are passed away and all things become new. So we call everybody that we baptize and everybody who joins the church saved. We can't judge them. But they'll have to judge themselves and they need to judge themselves whether or not they are the 
born again child of God that they say they are. Me and Francis had a discussion about that the other day. You know, she came Sunday night, gave us her testimony of salvation. Only she and God knows. I tried to ask some pointed questions and Francis answered some questions, but only she and God knows. I can't judge you, you can't judge me. Only me and God know about me. But if there's no God work, there's no salvation. Well, that's not my message. So, so, so that's so here. I'm talking about two aspects of the storm. He says it in 36 and 7. There arose a great storm of wind, and the waves reacted and beat into the ship. Get that into the ship. That's a that's a that's a valid thing. Let's go over to Psalm 51 just a minute. Psalm 51. He's that, we. I know we. I know I've preached here before, but get this. Verse one says, "Have mercy upon me, O God, according to Thy loving kindness, according to the multitude of Thy tender mercies. Blot out my transgressions." Only. The only way we can be saved is if God blots out our transgressions. It'll take the washing of the blood. It'll take a, we'll have to be cleansed from those sins that have separated. Blot out my transgressions. Uh According to thy loving kindness, according to the multitude of thy tender mercies, blot out my transgressions. Verse 2 says, it does not say wash me thoroughly. It says wash me throughly. That's a big difference. From mine iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. For I acknowledge my transgression and my sin is ever before me. I want to skip down to verse number 5. Behold, I was shapen in iniquity, and in sin did my mother conceive me. 6. Behold, thou desirest truth. Where? Where? Somebody. Where? In the inward parts. You can't say the truth on the outward parts until you have truth in the inward parts. Y'all with me? Yep. There's got to be a, a, a reworking of the inner man before the, it's out of the heart that the, the heart is the uh, generator out of the treasures of the heart a man speaketh. I am who I am based on what my heart, not my, not my blood pump, but my heart of my soul. What I am there, that's what I am on the outside. And in the storm, it all comes to bear. 
when, when you're in the storm, that's when, that's when, you know, Susie and I was in a place in the storm and, and the lady said she was saved, but the storm was on and she didn't act saved. She was cursing and throwing and kicking and it didn't look saved, didn't sound saved. How do you act in the storm? I'll tell you what my personal experience is, that in the storm, Christians probably are closer to God than they ever have been in their life, in the storm. I mean, in the sick day, in the death day, in the, in the real trials of life, Peter said, that's what builds your faith. And John, in 1 John said, that's what builds our relationship. I was teaching young pastors and I repeated what I had been told as a young pastor myself. And I was thinking about it on this inward parts. The old preacher came and he said, Brother Wayne, you'll never be their pastor until you've been to the hospital with them, to the funeral home with them, till you've been in the storm with them. But the pastor who's, who's there in the storm is the pastor you remember in your own lives. I mean, that doesn't have to be a big thing. Susie's daddy suddenly, he committed suicide and suddenly we were thrown, we were young Christians, we were thrown into a situation that we didn't know what to do with. We had a kind of a, I wouldn't say he was a great pastor, but he was an humble pastor. We left town he came and prayed with us. We left town at 2 o'clock in the morning or so, headed for Amarillo, Texas, 700 miles away. I called him sometime in the next day or so after we got there just to tell him that we got there and everything was under control. And this was a, this was a bifocational preacher who was working a job and pastoring a church and didn't have two pennies to rub together. And when I got him on the phone, he said, Brother Wayne, he said, I've been praying about it. He said, if you need me, I'll come. He would have had to miss a week of work to come. But he was willing to give up himself to do whatever he could do to help us in the storm. That's still one of the strong points of Susie's testimony anytime she really talks about 
preachers, she'll always refer back to that instance. When Donald Rivers said, I'll throw it all down and come if you need me. That's the mark. That's when, hey, in the storm. These disciples were doing pretty good till they got in the storm. I don't have time to check all that. I'll go all the, I, I, I'd like to stay here and really preach this, but I can't. And there, uh, I want you to notice this. There rose a great storm of wind, and the waves beat into the ship. Anybody can, hey, anybody can go through the storm as long as the storm is out there. Y'all listen to some of these testimonies, some of these people that came out of some of these storms lately. That old lady who had been living down there on the Florida coast all her life, and she she was she was in a, one of those elevated houses out there on the beach. She was upwards of she was eighty or so, and she said, "I've never been so scared in all my life." She said, "We had no power. We had no water." All I, it was just the wind and the storm out there on that island for three or four days in the dark, all alone in her house, and everything's ripping off of it. And you understand, the storm's okay as long as it's out there. It's when it gets in here. That's when the storm wrecks havoc. We can go through the storm, you know. We'll take the COVID. We came through a COVID storm. To most of us, it was a dreary, sad, trying time. It was to me. But it was not until Carol, Carolyn laid in that hospital without communication and without any, uh, any prayer that she could hear and without, I mean, she was all alone over that's when it became a real havoc of a storm. It was it was in the midst. Don't you see? The devil, the prince of the power of the air, Jesus said, John chapter 10, that he's come, the thief has come but for to kill, to steal, and to destroy. That's the same devil in Jesus' day, the same devil in Adam and Eve's day, the same devil in our day. He's the same devil. He hasn't changed his methods and he hasn't changed his motives. That prince of the power of air knows how to make the wind blow. 
to fill your boat. See, the psalmist David said, I was I just I didn't really get a chance to study as I wanted to, but this thing on the inward parts, he said, Against thee and thee only have I sinned and done this evil in thy sight that thou might be justified. But I behold I was shapen in iniquity, and in sin did my mother conceive me, and behold thou desirest truth on the inward parts. He said, God, I didn't have it on the inward parts. And that's the reason I failed in the middle of the storm. I believe people that can be saved and get into a storm and absolutely fail because I've been trying to say this over and over again, but every day, an everyday diet of the Word of God. We, I talked with it. I talked with Shirley's son-in-law tonight. His wife said she had a one-year Bible laying there. Y'all know what a one-year Bible is? It it takes you so far every day, and you just work through it. It's okay till you get behind. But if you ever get behind, you'll kill yourself trying to catch up. And his, and his son-in-law said, I got in that position. I said something about that. He said, I got in that position of three or four years ago and my pastor said, said, I heard my pastor say that if you're behind on your Bible readings and you're doubling up and, and just turning pages and reading as fast as you can. said, you ought to just throw it down and stop because you're not reading the Bible. You're not getting any benefit out of your Word of God. It's not getting on the inward parts. What you're doing is saving your conscience on the outside, but nothing. best thing to do is, if you get behind, is turn all the way over to get, get up to date and go start reading right there and Forget about yesterday and get up today and let God give you something today for today. That might not be, uh, that might not sell one year Bibles, but it, but it, it's the truth of, you understand? The, if you're not getting it on the inward parts, you're not ready for the storm that's headed your way. His disciples He's going to say, did you forget about the miracle of the bread? They've forgotten everything. All they were concerned about was that wind and water that was filling that ship. They were fixing to sink. I've got a bunch of verses that I'd like to look at with you, but I can't. So the, so the storm's okay out there, but... It's the storm on the inside that can wreck our ship. The prince of the power of the air caused a great storm and he used the waves to fill the ship. 
He can do that for us. He can use circumstances to fill our ship till we're about to sink. Y'all see that? I'm going to preach that somewhere. I, 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 it's fresh for me, but it, maybe it's just so simple I overlooked it. But look at this stupid, uh, th- verse 38. He was in the hinder part of the ship asleep on a pillow. And they awake him and say unto him, Master, carest thou not that we perish? And I know the songwriter wrote that song. I've been intending to get a copy of it, stick it right here. But I haven't been able to get it. My copier's not working at home, and I forgot I don't have a songbook. Back there in my wannabe office back there, I don't have a songbook. Uh, I gave up that throne room over there. Susie polished it up and we turned the key in. It's not mine anymore. They, they dared to say to the Son of God, carest thou not? That's a stupid question. I mean, he has left the throne of glory. He has left that position. Uh, He left his robe. He left his crown. He left 10,000 bowing down. He didn't bring one piece of the jasper wall. He left it all. But that's not a... It's a... It's a, there, you, can't, you can't ever say the answer to that question. He did leave it all, but that's not all. He's going to pour His blood out in the Garden of Gethsemane over the, over the idea of, of sin, of, of sin being placed on Him, of drinking and becoming our sin. I was in a murder trial. I was a jury. I was a juror in a murder trial where a man was beaten with a pipe, and and the blood came out of his pores. Joseph Jehimchek was the coroner, Harris County coroner, Houston, Texas coroner, and under oath he said this, and I've always remembered it. The human body, he said, somebody will try to tell you that it's impossible for the blood to come out of the pores of your body. He said the body, the human body under stress, that the blood will come out of the pores of your body. That hardware store man was beaten hard enough with a pipe that he had enough pressure on his body that the blood came out of the pores of his skin. Think about how much pressure that is. It was enough pressure that it killed him. In the Garden of Gethsemane, when Jesus sweat great drops of blood. I read a thing the other day some medical doctor estimated that he may have lost as much as a pint of blood. 
I don't know what he get based that on, but that's just somebody's idea. But he left, he did lose blood. Why? Because of the pressure and stress of your of becoming our sacrifice for sins. The only sacrifice God would accept, the only sacrifice that satisfied God. But that doesn't tell the story. You can go on over to the cross. You can see them laughing. And you can see that cat of nine tails. 39 stripes. 30, that, that, well, I'm not going to go into that. But that, those fellows were experts. That Roman soldier that, that, that threw that cat of nine tails was an expert. He knew how to rake those furrows across that. He could take out your vital organs with that thing if he wanted to. Had nine tails, but every tail was embedded with a stone or a piece of glass or something. So by the time Jesus got to the cross, It was just a bloody mess back here. Oh, you ever had a nerve exposed? You know what it is to to have a, a, a nerve exposed and cause or pinched or. I mean, people go half their life crippling around because of sciatic nerve being pinched. Think about think about when they nailed him to that cross. And they gave him just enough slack that he would sag when they put that when they when he got on the cross. His his hands are nailed, probably in the base of his hands. In order to get a breath, he's got to pull up on those nails. When he does, he's dragging that back up and down that rugged rough cross and those nerves are exposed you imagine it do you care they said do you care man you can't answer that question you can't you just keep on you keep on he cares enough he'll save the dirtiest dog that we, you can think of, the most sinful man that you can think of, Hitler or Stalin or whoever that is, or, or Dahmer, or some, he'll save any person because his sacrifice is sufficient for all sins, for all time. He can save every one of us and never even blink. Does he care? Oh, yeah. Oh, yes, he cares. I know he cares. His heart, 
is touched with my grief. When my days are weary and the long night dreary, I better know my Savior cares for me. Well, I got a lot more that I'd like to say, but I can't. It was a needless cry, and it's a non-ending answer. You, can, you and I'll never be able to declare how much He cares. I've tried to preach to people the love of Jesus for 40 years now, and I've never said it in a way that I was satisfied that I had said it. He really cares. Well, I'm, I'm not through with it, but I'll quit. we got other things we got to do here. If y'all want to come down to uh, Alvin next week, I'll be preaching on it somewhere down there. <laughs> Two, Two weeks, whatever it is. Uh, think about how much he cared for us. Think about the terrible price that was paid. Think about who we are. We have been bought with that price. Why would we not want to serve him? Why would we ever fail to declare him? Why? The prince of the power of the air. The wind would blow and fill our boats with something other than him. That's the object of the devil. Huh? I know it's in there. It's in the book. No, that's not it. Yes, it is. No. 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 Well, yeah. You you read that part. Read that. I'm not going to look it up in there. Tell me. Moment so madly is threatened, a grave in the angry deep. The winds and the waves shall obey my will. Peace, be still. Amen. That's pretty good. That's whoever, whoever wrote that read that, didn't it? <laughs> Amen. It showed a lack of faith uh, of the disciples. It showed that they had no faith. Well, it shows a. It shows what we show all the time. They had got, they had lost their focus on faith. That doesn't mean they didn't have faith. He said, he said to them, "How is it that you have no faith? Haven't you seen what I've been? They just fed five thousand men plus women plus children with those with those granola bars and sardines." <laughs> <laughs> but put it where we are we go days we go days and weeks maybe even months never thinking about what he did for us living our lives for ourselves 
And that's what they were doing. They were rowing the boat and looking at the storm. They'd forgot about who he really was. When, when he's in your boat, you don't have to worry about sinking. You're not going to sink. And he said, he has said, I'll never leave you or forsake you. He was right there in the boat. The, the master of the sea was in the boat. Over in Luke, Luke says he was on the mountain looking and he saw them rowing and struggling and walked on the water to them. I don't know if it's a different time or if it's that, I don't know. I can't make it up. but, But when he saw them in trouble, he went to them. They were scared of him when he came up. He says, draw nigh unto me, and I will draw nigh unto you. I can hear you. He says, draw nigh unto me, and I will draw nigh unto you. Yeah. Yeah. He, he says to us, let us go over. We're here. We need to be there. Headed for the other side. I'll give you one more prayer request. I, I can't tell you the name. Can't tell you her name. Longview Baptist Church, Brian Fisher. Fisher's her name's Kim sister. Dodson. Huh? Kim Dodson. Kim Dodson. Ray Dodson's wife, 49 years old, passed away this week. Pray for that family. Y'all know them? Anybody here know them? Huh? His dad is over there by Longview. His dad is at I, I can't tell you the name of the town but his dad pastors a church in East Texas. You probably know him. Uh she had a she had a brother she took care of. His name's Junior. He was just a sweet guy. Very simple. He had problems, but he was a wonderful boy. She took care of him all his life. I've wondered all week who's taking care of Junior. We'll go to funeral tomorrow. Over at Longview. So pray for that, pray for that family. Let's pray. <clears throat> Paul, would you pray for us, please? Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for the opportunity to be here tonight. We to hear your word preached. Appreciate listening to all the prayer requests that were mentioned. Lord, we just ask that you'd work in each one of those. Reveal your answer to the, to the person making the request that only you can. Lord, we. Just look forward to what you're going to be doing with us the rest of this year, the rest of this week. Lord, as we get ready to welcome a new pastor, we look forward to the things that are going to happen. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Amen.